Welcome back here, episode two of the Hockey House, presented by Selly Hockey Co., our new presenting sponsor of the show. We're glad you're here for episode two. I'm Murph, joined here by Fitz and Glick. We're excited to have you guys. We've got a lot of support after episode one. Episode two here, we've got a guest on, Ford Hatchet. Um, He's going to join us and kind of recap his club hockey career, how he got there. Uh, What did you guys think of uh, the interview? It was a great interview for sure. He's definitely a great first guest to have. Got some great stories. Certified beauty, absolute legend. Uh, <laughs> he just had his laughing the whole entire time. I couldn't stop laughing. Me, me and Glick were just yeah. He, it was it was he was hilarious. He's a Syracuse hockey fan favorite for sure. He's uh, I forgot to ask him about this, but he's really good on the uh. If there's a little kid in the stands, Ford Hatchet makes sure that that kid gets a puck or a high five before he leaves the arena. That's awesome. So, uh, what a guy. Yeah, a, a fan favorite for sure. Uh, hashtag Hurricane Hatchet, as the fans call him back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've, we'll, we'll have Ford on in a bit here. Um, as we watched game three of the Stanley Cup final between the two southernmost teams in the, the NHL, it it gets us thinking about the ACHA and, you know, teams spread out across the United States here. I just want to know, boys, who are you rooting for in this cup final? Obviously Tampa's out to the lead here in game three, but uh, who do you got, who are you rooting for in the series? And then if you had to play club hockey in either Texas or Florida, where would you play and who are you playing for? We'll start uh, Fitz. Why don't you go first? I'm rooting for the Bolts. I uh, grew up a big Marty St. Louis fan, so wouldn't mind seeing, him, uh, seeing them win the cup again. But uh, if, if I could go play some, some club hockey, transfer to either Florida or Texas, I'm definitely going to Florida. Um, University of Miami, the U, I, uh, their jerseys are nasty, just just uh, absolutely raw. And uh, Glick, where are you heading? Um, for the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm going to have to go with the underdogs the um, Dallas Stars. They're not doing so hot right now, 5-1. So they're probably going to lose tonight's game, but I still, you know, I still have faith that they're going to end up winning the Stanley Cup this year. And um, if I had to pick between hockey or ACHA hockey in Texas or Florida, I'd have to go Texas. I don't know. Just something about all the, like, Florida man stories, like, at state just a little too much for me. I think I'd have to go down to Texas. The newspaper headlines that come out of Florida? Yeah, like, Florida man does this and, like, they're it's just all too much. I, I'd rather just go down to Texas. Yeah. Uh, I'm not risking it. Texas, they've got the gorgeous jerseys that, that kind of match what the football team wears there. And they they played in the Cotton Bowl this past year um, yeah. against Texas A&M. And they won 4-1. Four, four so, shout out to those guys. I'm taking Dallas in this series. Um, I, I like I like the style of play. You, don't, you never know what you're going to get with the Dallas Stars. Big fan of Anton Hudobin. Yeah, sure. Um, Syracuse here. We have the Syracuse Crunch, the Tampa affiliate. Some ties there, but most of our team is rooting for the Stars just because uh, they're so entertaining to watch. And I mean, I'm I'm a Bruins fan, so I would hate to see Tampa win the Cup. Speaking of Tampa, that's probably where I would go to play club hockey if I had to choose between Texas or Florida. Uh, the University of Tampa Spartans—they look like they got a solid program. Some nice jerseys. I've seen they do. Uh, in the past, they did Movember jerseys, and they were like camouflage, which like, camouflage with like a mustache logo on the front. Um, nice. I've seen uh, some of their like social media stuff. They look pretty legit down there. 
But yeah, like I said, we've, we've got a great interview coming up. So we'll probably just turn it over to Ford now. Um, I think you guys are going to like this one. Are you a player, a huge fan of hockey? If you're listening to this pod, we're going to take a crazy guess and say that you probably are. So for Unreal Hockey Lifestyle Apparel, go check out Selly Hockey Co.'s online store. Some of their products on sellyhockeyco.com include 90s hockey vintage style tees, we know Fitzy loves those, USA Hockey themed shirts, and Selly Hockey Co. branded gear. I've been rocking the Selly Hockey off-white cream hat. Not going to lie, it's a great fit, looks awesome, perfect locker room hat for you when you're going to the rink. Uh, these guys at Sally Hockey definitely know what they're doing. I am uh, pleased to welcome the first guest to the Hockey House podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Ford Hatchet. That's that's the best intro you got for me. Well, I could also name <laughs> that you're the defending. You and Luke Cato are the defending Eschel defenseman of the year, and uh, second team all defense in the Eschel. And that voting should tell you everything you need to know about uh, how many people watch club hockey. <laughs> so, uh, Ford, we, you're the first guest, so you're kind of our, our test dummy here. But um, last, it. last episode, we went through how uh, we all ended up in the ACHA. Can you uh, give us a quick rundown on how uh, your hockey career started and how you ended up in Syracuse, New York? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, um, to two – loving parents who are also North Carolinians and didn't really know what hockey was. Um, and the Carolina Hurricanes moved to town when I was very young, um, actually before I was born. And then uh, I got skating lessons and got into hockey kind of by accident. My parents still say now if they knew how much hockey was going to cost, they would let me have a soccer ball and said, go have fun. Uh, <laughs> I played hockey growing up in North Carolina and then eventually went away to prep school in Massachusetts, Brooks School. Um, had a fun little run there. And I mean, I think I have the same similar story to all of you guys. I wanted to play college hockey. I had um, a couple of division three teams that were interested. Um, there was one school in the NESCAC that I thought I would be going to after, after Brooks um, that we, I thought I kind of had lined up and then last minute plans changed on their end. Um, and so I went and played a year of juniors trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And after I played juniors, I realized that the, you know, the nine to five hockey life was not exactly for me. I really enjoyed being in school. Um, and I wanted to study broadcast journalism and communications and Syracuse has the right program for me. So I, I decided I'd come to Syracuse and, um, you know, I knew they had a hockey team here, if only because during prep school, he'd be sitting in the room after a, a tough game, a big rivalry game or whatever. And coach would come grab you and he'd say, Hey Ford, somebody wants to talk to you outside. Um, and you think, oh, well, I know Notre Dame was here. I know BC was here. Like, it probably is not them. Like, maybe it's a smaller school. And you'd walk outside and be like, hi, I'm from Syracuse. And like, <laughs> the ACHA. And I'd roll my eyes and go, please never speak to me again. Um, and then two years later, you get desperate and you have to email that guy back and say, hey, do you still have a spot on the team for me? Um, but it worked out all right. So now I'm here and uh, it's, it's worked perfectly. As I, I was told a lot of people, if I had ended up, um, at the, some of the Division three schools I was looking at, I would have been miserable at those smaller schools. And that's not a knock on a lot of my friends who play there. They're great programs, but it's just not for me. And now, uh, just for the, the guys understand, you are a former ACHA player at this point, correct? That's right. Uh, retirement comes early in the age of COVID. I, uh, I was planning to graduate in December of this year anyway to save myself a little bit of cash on the way out the door. Um, and then with COVID, all of our fall games and competitions were canceled. So... 
Um, my last game was a playoff loss, which uh, is fitting, really. I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys. You guys can fire away for questions for a little bit, and then I'll get to the specifics with Ford about Syracuse hockey. All right. Well, it's great to meet you, Ford. Uh, I was saying to Glick when we were trying to get the uh, the technical difficulties figured out that uh, I, me and Glick were just going to be laughing the whole time. He just seemed like a <laughs> hysterical guy, just a fun guy to be around. So really funny. happy to have you on the show. Yeah, funny to look at, if nothing else. <laughs> That's good for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll start you off with the first question here. Um, favorite game day meal? Uh, boy. Well, we, uh, we, 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 we only, we, on the road. So at home, um, I'll be perfectly honest. We don't have here at Syracuse. We don't have a problem enjoying ourselves the night before a game every now and then, at least a few of us on the team. So, uh, sometimes you get up a little late and you miss breakfast. Um, you go to the rink and you find whatever's in the nearest, little vending machine or if you nice stop pretzels it, with cheese touch those okay <laughs> i'm a salt i'm a pretzel with peanut butter inside guy that's the way to go and a little pack of almonds but if we're on the road we get it up i mean we're done up nice we're staying in the nicest holiday and express as you've ever seen right and they're catering it from like the fourth best italian restaurant in town <laughs> and they'll they'll bring in some chicken parm and we'll just hammer chicken parm um and so we we'll always so we had a coach here my first year my freshman year who's no longer with us with the team he's still alive uh, but he's with the team um, but so we we were stopping one night and we'd eaten chicken parm for like 18 straight road meals right and so we finally stopped well, at an we, olive garden we going? well we're going to we were going to adrian to play the the number one team in the country at that time and we were number 17 or something that we weren't good um and we go to play adrian and we're in a, we're driving out in a blizzard because why not um and so we're dying to eat because this, this drive that should have taken like four hours is now on hour nine. And so we finally get to this Olive Garden and we step inside. Every meal we've had, it's been chicken parm for three straight weeks. We step inside. They have menus set out. We're all looking around. We pick up the menu. It's like, oh, what are you going to get, man? Like, I, like, dude, this chicken Alfredo looks not bad. Uh, calzone, like something. And our coach is sitting there, called him Coach P. And so he goes, hey. What the heck do we need menus for? Waitress, 28 chicken parms. Oh. And we all are just devastated. <laughs> so really, I guess chicken parms is the only correct answer because that's all I've ever had. You guys actually, were you kidding about the catered meals or were you serious about that? No, we get like, no, I mean, the, we're paying for them, right? Like it's, 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 it's it comes out of, it comes out of whatever we're paying. It's the ACHA, but uh, we would like, we'd get it to the hotels before games and stuff. And uh, it would be chicken parm before the game and bad pizza afterwards. Yeah. I think one time my team got off garden, which was pretty nice. Did you, did your coach make you get chicken parms? Nah, at least we had some variety. We had a, like a little bit of everything. No one touched a salad, but. The breadsticks were gone in like five minutes, but yeah, we were always just left to fend for ourselves. And <laughs> it's just like you're going to like a gas station at two in the morning because nothing, nothing else open. Well, I'll tell you, when we went on our playoff run and we won our conference tournament, uh, my junior year or my uh, my sophomore year, pardon me, um, it was in Westchester, and so we were staying in a hotel. And we'd have stuff catered, but some of our games weren't until real late in the tournament because everybody's playing. And so there was a Wawa about a mile down the road. 
And so there would be a half dozen of us every night. The first night we got into town, we took the trek to Wawa and you have to cross like this busy intersection late at night. It was not very safe, um, but we all did it. And then we won the first game. So we said, well, we, we got to go back again. So for three straight nights, we would sprint across the road and hope nobody got hit by a car and just so we could get a bad sub. But yeah, no, the yeah. gas station life's good too. Is, is Wawa a type of, is it a gas station? Yeah, it's uh, like out by us. It's oh, like, okay. uh, of, of course, the Philly guy here yeah. wants to drive in on Wawa. <laughs> Wawa is literally the greatest place on earth. It's, <laughs> food's great. Hoagies are great. Love it. We'll do a Wegman segment later for the upstate oh. New Yorkers. Wawa's way better. So what do you think is like your favorite place that you've played so far in your entire career? Uh, you know, I always like, it, it's hard for me to get up to go play like Niagara or somewhere around here that's a, and that's not a, a knock on Niagara. I mean, it is, I it's boring to play there. I don't like that place very much. Um, but I love playing in like kind of the bigger barns and, uh, and when there are fans there and when it's an act, when it feels like a hockey game again. Right. So, and I'm, I'm from North Carolina. So whenever we'd go down to play Liberty, my family would get up to, to see it because it's only a couple hours away from home. Um, and I like looking up on the jumbotron, but more than anything else at Liberty, I love the TV timeouts for the ESPN three broadcast that Jerry Falwell and three other people are watching because I, as a, as a defenseman who never was in great shape in my life, I, uh, I, I don't like playing 11 minutes a period without a TV timeout. So they would just give me some breathers every now and then it would be great. I'd get to come back to the bench, catch my breath. And the only problem was I didn't have an excuse when I turned it over on the next shift after that. The best was that when we went down to Liberty this past year, we had, like we had guys get hurt. So we're playing Liberty with four D, but we've had, we have the TV timeouts and then, you know, lose on some empty net goals two nights in a row. And then we come up and play Liberty in Syracuse with six defensemen and no TV timeouts. And it was very evident that we didn't get those breathers. Well, I'll tell you what, because in the ACHA, as you guys know, you get to dress an extra guy, um, which was wild to me um, coming from prep school and junior um, and, youth hockey you didn't get an extra guy even so you, we used to always address seven defensemen um just for the heck of it because we could um and so i'd always be ticked off when we'd have a seventh defenseman the d coach would come down and goes oh we're gonna give you a breather we're gonna give you a breather like yeah you may need it we'll get the seventh guy rotated and it's like i don't need a breather like i'm playing every third shift like just let me roll here <laughs> um but so anyway the year before you got here murph the same year we won the eschel the first time Liberty came up here, we decided for the first time since I arrived, we were going to play with six defensemen. We we're going to dress a 13th forward. Um, and so obviously we're fired up. It's Liberty. We don't like them. They don't really like us. So I go out first shift of the game. I lay just a hit. I think is going to be real nice. Um, unfortunate circumstance. Kids kind of already falling bad position. I get them like right in the chin probably. And then his head hits the ice. And so I look up at the clock. We're a minute 42 in and I'm tossed. Um, so now I'm walking off the ice and it's like, all right, well, not a great day to dress six defensemen. I get undressed. I shower, I go up, I'm all pissy in my suit up in the make-believe press box we have. And uh, I'm watching. And then one of our other defensemen goes in the boards in a bad way. He gets hurt. He's out now. So now the first game we ever dressed six defensemen, we're down to four defensemen. Um, and it was just a, we had like a forward drop. We had another defenseman take a penalty later. So a forward drop back to play D at like some point, it was just a joke. Um, and so then I was always appreciative for the extra guy, the ACHA lets us have. And now one of the stories I want to hear from you, I, I think they should hear it is, uh, 
you know, in the ACHA, you do have to, you know, and for most teams organize the transportation, but um, every once in a while you get to drive the transportation, right, Ford? <laughs> well, there, there are three specific road trips I've been on in my career in which we did not have a bus provided or whatever it was. It was not just a bus straight from our place to their place. So first we had to RIT, our assistant captain that year, forgot to schedule a bus, just missed that weekend on the schedule. So we all piled in cars. RIT isn't far away from Syracuse. So we all piled in cars. So there were four of us in a car. And uh, to date it, it was right after Ariana Grande had come out with a new album. So we listened to the entire Ariana Grande album straight through, start to finish, Sorry. rated it. Uh, didn't get great ratings, but it was fine. I mean, she's fine. Uh, the second time uh, I had a class that I couldn't leave in time on a Friday. So I had to road trip down with our backup goalie. Um, his name's Cal Stewart. He's very short if you ever get to meet him in person. Um, but we road trip down and we are trying to book it to make it in time for warmups at URI, which is a good five hours away or so. And we are like, all right, it's five o'clock, warmups start at six. But we both haven't eaten since we left. And so then we have to, we're like, oh, what do you want to do for dinner? Like, we probably stop somewhere as a drive through. And he goes, like, well, I mean, we're both going to be in the lineup. Like, the, as long as we get there before the puck drops, like, why don't we just stop at Panera? And so we go and we stop at a Panera and order like a four course meal and take it out the door before we get there. Um, but the best story, and you can, you can edit this back to where you just tell this story. I know this is the one you want to hear. The best, the, the best story I've ever had on a road trip is we flew out to Colorado this year. We were privileged enough to go out and play Boulder in Colorado State. Um, the university helped fund a little bit of it, which is very rare here at Syracuse. Um, so we get out there and we don't have a bus rented. We have three like mini vans, but you can't fit all the hockey bags in, a van, in these mini vans, right? They're just big enough for the people. So, and I only learned about this when we land in Denver, by the way, and I was a, a captain. I was thought I was in the loop. Clearly I wasn't. Uh, we land and they turn like, uh, who's going to go get the U-Haul? What, what the heck are you talking about? Like, what, and like, yeah, the U-Haul to lug the gear. It's like, it's up to Ford. It's you or Luke. So like Luke's one of my friends. Like, what do you mean? Like we are getting a U-Haul, like a, a so we get a U-Haul. So we do, so, so they're like, yeah, we've got an Uber, we've got an Uber for you to go get the U-Haul and then you're going to drive it back to the airport and pick up everybody's bags and then you'll drive them all over the state of Colorado for a week. <laughs> and, not, and not go through tolls. And not go through tolls because it's too tall to go through tolls. And as I found out, it's too tall to go back to the airport too because he's going <laughs> to... So anyway, Luke and I go like, oh, I guess we'll rock, paper, scissors it to who has to drive this U-Haul. Neither of us have ever driven a U-Haul before. So we rock, paper, scissors it. I lose in six games. I blew a 2-1 series lead. It was bad. Anyway, we take the Uber. We get the U-Haul. And this U-Haul is just, like, way too big. This, this thing is, it, it, like, I mean, I know nobody's seen me play before, but it's, like, it's me on the ice. It's big and slow and doesn't turn well and, <laughs> and really shouldn't be allowed. And so, anyway, we, we're driving this thing around Colorado all weekend with bags. It's, you go on one, side streets, too? We, we had to go on whatever street the GPS told us. <laughs> this, this, but you, you this, couldn't do the tolls, though, right? You had to just stay on the side streets, We, street, we right? couldn't do the tolls. Uh, we had to stay on all the side streets, and we just followed the GPS wherever it told us. And, like, I had to three-point turn this thing one time, and it, it was an 11-point turn. Like, I wasn't taking any chance. And you can't see anything. 
you have like no rear view mirror in, in all practicality. There's no air conditioning. You're listening to whatever Colorado radio station is on. It was just, it was a nightmare. And I don't know. The best was too, that you guys were always at the minimum 25 minutes behind us because of the not going through the tolls. So we would show up to the rink and just stand around for 30 minutes because our gear wasn't there. Wait for the (laughs) U-Haul. We did use that to our advantage a little bit to stop at at certain uh, food outlets and uh, pick up snacks on the way because they expected us to be late. It was awesome. We showed up to Colorado State and they had a peewee game going on. That was like a 3-2 game. And there were definitely more fans of that game than our game. Double the amount of fans. (laughs) Double. The parents were like hanging on the glass screaming. The place went nuts when somebody scored in the last minute. And then we had to play afterwards. I'm, I'm a large guy. I was scared of some of those parents. I was it's, – it's the same way at Stony Brook. There's always like a, either a free skate where some guy in full New York Rangers apparel that weighs 345 pounds and got the rec specs on is wheeling. Um, or there's like a peewee game where the parents pull out knives and brass knuckles and you know, try to stand away. <laughs> And it happened at a high school game for me once. <laughs> the brass knuckles or the knife? The, the knife. A uh, parent pulled out a knife on our uh, student section. Yeah, St. Ignatius uh, of Chicago. Not the. There's one in Ohio, I think. St. Ignatius of Chicago. The parent pulled out a knife on our, a kid in our student section. <laughs> I only pull out knives on forwards because they're just useless. <laughs> yeah. Quick, I just wanted to ask, were you guys uh, ever D-partners? No, we're both uh, left-handed shots, and so we, we were mistaken for each other in the dining hall at our dorm once by a, uh, a lady that makes great Sbarro pizza. Um, <laughs> she thought we were brothers, but we were not, and we were never deep partners. Deep partners on the, the power play the second half of the year. That's right? true. The second half of the year, we were deep partners on the power play, so Murph got to hear me yell at him angrily then, because I do that at everybody, because nothing's ever my fault, but uh, other than that, no. But the, the best part about Ford being put on the second power play unit, so he was on the first unit and got taken off. because they Not wanted, a big deal. I'm not bitter. They wanted, <laughs> they wanted to put all juniors and sophomores on the second unit so that they could get ready for next season. And now Ford's not playing. Yeah, that, would be, that would be this season now, the one I'm not participating in. <laughs> so we uh, thought we were ahead of the game on that one, but we're behind the eight ball now. It worked out so well. We were about one for 58 as a unit. So I thought we were really hitting our stride when we went one for 36. <laughs> we were the better power play in practice, though. Yeah, in practice. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. the other thing about the, the, the ACHA. I have, in my three years as an ACHA hockey player, I never once practiced the penalty kill because the power play, when we did power play penalty kill practice, we would just separate the power play and the penalty kill. Um, which was not good because I, I think I was one of the leaders in ice time and penalty kill in the games. And then we'd often wonder why we were 32% on the kill. Yeah. Same, same exact thing happens here at Indiana. <laughs> yeah, the people who play the power play kill the penalties, but they never practice killing the penalties. So. Well, and so here, I'll give you guys a tip. If you haven't figured it out yet over there, which you probably have, you guys are smart guys at Bloomington, but uh Whenever a puck goes in and you don't really know what went wrong, or if it's your guy especially, you just get back to the bench and you go, got to get a save there. Oh, got to have our goalie there. Like, what's, what's he doing? That's – I like – was he screened? I mean, yeah, a little, but like, no, got to get a save there. 
no I'll, offense. I'll remember but, that one for this uh, season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll definitely remember that. I'll just blame myself, I guess. Well, and the goalie's never on the bench to, to counteract yeah. it. So, especially, <laughs> especially if you have a couple guys on the ice who are willing to go along with it. I mean, I, I'll never sell anybody out if they're willing to throw the goalie under the bus. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> All right. You're the only uh, one, Glick. <laughs> <laughs> what is your uh, – what would be your go-to – you have a favorite song or, like, a specific – um, genre of music that you'd listen to before games? Uh, well, see, it's a loaded question here. Um, I, my particular genre, I have a playlist called the divas. It is a lot of, uh, eighties and nineties pop headlined by Whitney Houston and the gang. But, uh, okay. I understand when I take over as locker room DJ, I, you know, that's not everybody's style. So I have uh, two dedicated playlists. One is called uh, pregame. And I have one for each year. And then I also have a playlist called Peanut Butter, which is a celebration playlist after Joel Quinville saying peanut butter every time they score, which doesn't get to do much in Florida now. But uh, no, I, I curate my music selections very carefully for, uh, for the groups that we have. So this year we have a lot of, uh, a lot of guys into the, the Euro and uh, EDM music. So I, I had a couple of playlists queued up for them that was going to appease those guys, even though that's just, just garbage in my opinion. But, you know, you work, you work for the boys, right? I've also True. never, never been in a locker room where in December before a game, nothing but Christmas music is played. Well, I mean, everybody's in the Christmas mood. <laughs> We're all ready to go home. It's after Thanksgiving. Finals are coming up. Nobody wants to play Oswego. Like, let's play some Christmas music, have some fun. It was perfect. It was like you're like waiting for that switch where ten minutes before the game's music like starts to get a little, the guys going and the Christmas music stuck. I think it got us more fired up. I'll tell you what, the biggest regret I'm gonna have from not playing what? again is that I don't get to infiltrate any of the WAP remixes into the pregame soundtrack. That's the thing. I, I could never be the locker room DJ because I like I'm not I'm not I don't have anything against rap music, but I just like I don't know. There's a few few of the songs that are like kind of good, but it doesn't really get you pumped up. I need like some ACDC, uh, maybe even some hard metal. So I, I pretty much stay away from it and uh, just go put my beats on and hide in the corner. So when I was a freshman, we had a guy who was the DJ. He was a couple years older, right? And uh, he was <laughs> he would always play like DMX. Like there were like nine DMX songs <laughs> queued up before every game, and I couldn't stand it. So I would put in headphones. And the guy who would sit next to me in the room, his name is Owen Harrington. He'd always come over and he'd go, "What are you listening to? What are you listening to?" And so inevitably, he'd always ask me about the time that I had "Achy Breaky Heart" by Billy Ray Cyrus queued up. <laughs> um, and so I'd let him hear it, or he heard it for the first like two games. Then it became a tradition. We'd have to listen to it in the headphones before every game. Just because if I listen, if I listen to too much of like like you said, Fitzy, if if it's ACDC or DMX, like I get too fired up, and then I yeah, go through, like a, yeah. a, an idiot. And then you get so, kicked out a minute. And then, and then I kicked out a minute fourteen seconds in when we have six <laughs> seconds. In. Um, so I like to listen to stuff that I enjoy and can listen to, but it doesn't make me a madman. I like that. Do I get to do my welcome to the ACHA moment? Yeah, yeah. Well, we can get to that. Yeah, we got five we, we, minutes here. Let's go. What's the welcome <laughs> to the ACHA moment? So um, it was a year into my ACHA experience, but it was truly the most welcome to the ACHA moment you could ever have. We were this time hosting Adrian. They were coming to Syracuse for the first time in history. They were ranked number two or one or whatever, wherever they always are, because, I mean, those guys can't read. 
Um, it's a it's a joke because none of us at Syracuse can read either. It's uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Adrian comes to town, and the way it works, Murph described it last week. We don't have a locker room on campus, right? We have we just use one of the rinks locker rooms, but so we used to have two of the rinks locker rooms. There are four locker rooms in Tennedy Ice Pavilion. Lovely place, great lighting, nothing else great. Um, so we would get locker room C and locker room D. So Adrian beat every Syracuse person associated with our team, coaches, staff, rink, like anybody. Adrian beat us to the rink. So they got there and set up shop in the other two locker rooms. Normally we just give the visitors one room and the referees get the other one. But Adrian took up two rooms because they're important. They needed a skate sharpener in there or something. Um, so the referees took locker room C. So now we're low on space in locker room in our two locker rooms. So we only have one room. So there are three of us who are like, like, I'm not trying to squeeze in here. Like, do you want to just get dressed in the hallway? Like we'll bring out folding chairs and we'll just get dressed in the hallway. So we say, sure, we'll go get dressed in the hallway. Well, we only find two folding chairs. So one guy's getting dressed on the floor. Two of us are getting dressed in our folding chairs in the hallway. Um, meanwhile, Adrian's down there sharpening skates and have their equipment managers and trainers checking them out. So we're getting ready to take the ice for warmups and we realize, wait a minute, where are our jerseys and socks? Because in club hockey, obviously, it's at least at our school, the players take care of the equipment. So the captains would take the jerseys and socks home to do them for laundry. And somebody forgot to grab them. So we have one guy that lives in the house that's not playing. He's not particularly responsible. Um, and I say that with the dearest respect to him. But he's in charge of now that we're all in our gear and about 15 minutes from taking the ice, going back to the house five minute drive, grabbing the socks and jerseys and bringing them back to the rink. As I said, he's not the most responsible. So we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. We push warmups back five minutes, which is the most we can do. Adrian is lined up, ready to take the ice. All of us are out there in every bit of our gear, except our socks and our jerseys. <laughs> this kid runs in the back door of the arena with one twelve on the clock before warmup starts carrying this bin of socks and jerseys and he goes, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And he chucks them down. We look down, these things are covered in like mud. It's like, I don't say, uh, kid's nickname is Flanny. So we go, Flanny, what happened? Like, wh what is this? And he goes like, yeah, I was running them up the hill and they like dropped them and they're in mud, like they fell. <laughs> and, so, and so everybody, like our coach doesn't want anything to do with us right now. It's like, you guys forgot the socks and the jerseys. Like I'm going away. So he's not giving us a pre warm up speech or anything. So everybody rushes to get their socks and jerseys on. And we've got splotches of mud all over us. And we take the ice like one by one, three minutes after Adrian's already been out there doing the horseshoe for, for a half hour. And at Syracuse, we're on the far end. So you got to skate. through. That's the right. We, we, that's right. We have to skate through their warm up to get to our end. Um, in our muddy jerseys. And it was just, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, here we are. We're in the ACHA. It is what it is. And, and in the most hockey, <laughs> in the most hockey thing ever, of course, we had a lead like going, going, like we scored the first goal and had a lead and it was a tight game when we had no business being a part of it. So, did anybody get a picture of the mud jersey? Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to ask. Is there like pictures of like you guys just like. They've been scrubbed from the internet. If I, don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't want any part of that. So it's the same as when we have our. Uh, we do a pink in the rink night every year for, for breast cancer. We raise a lot of money and it's one of the more enjoyable things to be a part of because you feel like you're 
a part of something bigger, but our pink and the rink jerseys, we, we don't have the Jersey numbers for everybody in the team. So guys have to end up wearing, like I wear a goalie cut every year of either 55. I was trying to wear number one this year. Nobody would let me. Um, It's retired here. Unfortunately, I was trying to be Cam Newton, but uh, so I, I, everybody wears different numbers every year. Nobody knows who anybody is, but it's just, it's one of those things. It's the ACHA. And, and once you come to appreciate it, it's, it's a really enjoyable experience, but obviously not what anybody signed up for. What's like probably your like favorite story like that you can tell about this ACHA and your experience with it? Well, I'll tell this story too, as, as we move on here is uh, my freshman year, we went to Lynchburg, which obviously, like I said, Lynchburg is my favorite place to play. I love seeing my family. I love playing in front of a packed building with a jumbotron and uh, watching myself on camera, give up three on ones all over the ice. The, the warm up ISO cam too. The warm up ISO cam. It's like I'm at NBC, Anson Carter's in the booth talking about me. It's okay. Um, but anyway, that was the year. Syracuse upset Clemson at home in football. And obviously with the ACHA, you have a little more freedom than NCAA players do to go and enjoy the rest of your school. So I love going to football games, love going to basketball games. But that weekend we were away in Virginia at Liberty. Um, And so we beat Liberty that year and we are fired up. Like we just pulled the upset. It was our first game in the ESCHL. We've set a mark in this conference. Like what an upset we had. We get back to the hotel and we look and our city is practically burning down because our football team pulled an even bigger upset um, and beat Clemson that weekend. And it was one of those moments where it was like, man, kind of wish I was back at school, but uh, here we are in this days in in Lynchburg and we'll make the best of it. At least you guys got on SportsCenter though. We did get on SportsCenter. Uh, that was that was nice. Thanks thanks to Butcher Gross for hooking up club hockey. Now that we're we're ten minutes over, I think we'll we'll wrap this up and, and edit it. But uh, thank you, Ford, for being the first guest on the podcast. Um, Always guys, happy to be a guinea pig. <laughs> you guys got anything? Thanks for coming on, Ford. It was great meeting you. You're, yeah. uh, you seem like a real beauty. Yeah, for sure. Thank no, you. my pleasure. And, and keep going, guys. This is this has been awesome so far. So keep it up. Once again, uh, shout out to Ford for being our first guest. Uh, it probably wasn't easy. Uh, tough to know what you're getting out of a podcast that only has one episode on the board. Um, but I think he did an awesome job. Not not every day you get to talk to a former U-Haul driver. <laughs> I'm, I'm just jealous he gets the uh, the chicken farm catered. We, uh, I, I, I totally live on chicken farm if that was the only option. Here at Indiana, we don't uh, – we're pretty much on our own, and a lot of times you go hungry, so pretty jealous. Um, I don't click. I don't know if you mentioned this earlier, but like we, I we at least do team meals. But as Ford mentioned, like we're the ones paying for it. Um, but we do organize those. Uh, usually, a couple of the parents will call ahead of time and get some pizza ordered and some pasta or chicken parm or whatever it is for the pregame meal. Um, so at least we have that when we show up on the road to some hotels. Usually after the games, there's like something to go on the bus for the ride home. That's that's what we do for meals. I don't know about you, Gluck. Yeah, I mean, that's happened a couple of times last year. Some of the parents obviously chip in and for like after the game, I think one time we had hoagies, which was super clutch. Um, One time when we went down to Liberty, we had like catered Olive Garden, which was solid. So, you know, but most of the time it's just like we'll stop at like a rest area. We'll just quickly pick up some Burger King, some Popeyes, just something. And then we just 
when when we went down when we went down to Liberty, we we also did the catered Olive Garden. And <laughs> what second period on Friday night, I was feeling the catered Olive Garden. Um, it was it was tough. It sat in my yeah. stomach like a rock. Everyone's cramping up on the bench, and you can like taste the chicken parm in your breath. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank God that feeling. we yeah. Thank God that we ate like after the game rather than before because yeah, yeah. That, that does not sound fun. We'll wrap things up here on the show with uh, some questions. First question is, worst blowout game, win or loss, biggest goal differential you've had in the ACHA? I think, I think Glick, you're going to start us off with this one. You sounded like you had a, a pretty big blowout. Yeah, um, so we played NJIT twice this past year, and the first game we won 11-0, and the second game we won 14-1. to So those are two, those are two of the biggest blowouts we, um, we had. And funny story about the second game. So we were on the road, and they play at the Devils Practice Arena, which is pretty much like in the same like plaza as the, where the Devils actually play. And the Devils had a game the same night as us, and their game ends. We're still in the third. It, it like the score was already pretty, pretty bad by that point. But their fans are just walking by, and they're drunk. They're like doing whatever, and they'll just like stop and start watching. We're like, wow, hey, we finally got some fans. So. That's a little funny story from that. Love that. Um, from that blowout. For uh, for for me, I'd probably say when we played Wright State uh, two years ago, my sophomore year, we um, I don't know exactly what the score was, but they showed up in minivans and had like six or seven players. Their backup goalie never played hockey before, so um, yeah, that one got pretty ugly pretty fast. But uh, it was nice to see some of the fourth liners get some points. But a fun, quick, funny uh, backstory to that Wright State series. It was our first home series um, of the year. And our rink, they they uh, let the ice melt after each season. So this was the first game back. They just, you know, like redone the ice and everything. Well, it was, it was like, you know, 90 degrees outside or whatever. And the uh, rink manager tells us, that we're probably not gonna be able to play because the ice is so thin, like it's melting. And, you know, our rink's already in shambles, you know, as it is. And so we sat around, our game was supposed to start at, you know, whatever, five o'clock. And the rink manager says like, well, we'll wait until the sun goes down and we'll see if, you know, the ice stops melting. So we, we dubbed it the sunset game and uh, we, we ended up playing on like, you know, a little thin sheet of ice. You could basically see the concrete down there. But uh, yeah, that was our home opener my sophomore year. What was the final score? Yeah, it was like fourteen nothing. It was bad. Jeez. Yeah. Every, everyone at the end of the year, we were like, "All right, well, subtract like ten points from whatever you you finished with, because they're just inflated. Like those were outliers." <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. No. I was on the receiving end of the worst blowout, but um, not not too bad of a blowout like those ones, but still an eight-two route on the road against Stony Brook. Nothing like finishing minus four on the night going back to the bus and you got the other team's goal horn stuck in your head. Um, just the worst. You can just blame it on the goalie like Ford told us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there were plenty of times that game uh, where Ford probably said that after the goal. Was <laughs> um, not that there was a knock on our goaltending, but um See, I'm always going to side with the goalies in the blood. I, I'm always just going to feel bad for them no matter what. Honestly, I think it's a win. It's a win-win. I think the defenseman 
should skate away and say, well, got to have a save there. And then the goalie skates around in the corner and he goes, who was covering that guy? Like, and you just, nobody, t- like, if we just blame it on each other and we go from there. And the four just sit there and do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the, why, why didn't the forwards back check? Second question we have tonight is um, best PA announcer in the ACHA. So place, place you've gone that's got the best public address announcer. I know for us at Syracuse, oftentimes it's, it's the healthy scratches that end up in the booth doing the pu- public address announcing. Um, towards the end of the year, though, we had um, one of the interns working for the team who, who is going into the broadcast field. He kind of got thrown into the booth a lot to do the public address announcing. He did a great job in the starting lineups, got really into it. Uh, just one of those things where he was probably a lot better – announcing than the crowd he was performing in front of because you know when you yell welcome to the ice you're Syracuse orange and you got 12 parents in the stands clapping along it it's a tough look but um he made the most of it and he was awesome I want to say on the road Liberty's got a good good uh public address announcer Delaware was a good one I don't really remember what the Stony Brook announcer was because I had my head down on the bench for most of the game um but uh he got he got to talk plenty. That's for sure. Yeah, at, at IU Murph, it's pretty much the, the same as you guys do with their cues. Um, we got some interns that do the uh, the announcing, but uh, our like our one or two broadcasters, they're the ones that'll announce uh, starting lineups. And it's just funny because the national anthems come on right after, and they're running back trying to get to their broadcasting spot while uh, they got their hand over their heart, and, you know, like turning around looking at the flag while moving backwards. So. It's just uh, always funny to watch that. That's awesome. For, um, for the best, uh, for the best um, announcing team, I'd probably say either Kentucky or Alabama. Both just uh, get a lot of fans, and uh, the atmosphere is always fun there. For us, we actually had like a local high schooler do our announcing, and he did a like a really good job. Massive props to him. But um, on the road, for sure, two that really stand out is Navy. They they had a really nice guy like a really good guy to do it and Virginia Tech they had when I played there it was fan appreciation I, he, and he definitely got the fans going for sure so I think that'll that'll conclude the show we'll, we'll wrap it up here um, once again thanks for Ford for coming on I think people will really like that interview thank you to the, our fellow club hockey players for all the shout outs and the follows um, we appreciate the DMs you guys reaching out um, we want to keep producing this content for you guys uh, because there are, like we always say, there are so many stories in the ACHA that, that deserve to be told to, to more guys around the league. So uh, we thank you for tuning in and uh, hope you guys tune in next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening guys. Uh, we appreciate the support and uh, we're just getting started. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next week. All right. Take it easy guys.